Hello, this is your host, Art Fuller, Ph.D. We have a new sponsor this week on the 5-Minute Expert, Dodge. No, not that Dodge, the one that makes automobiles. I'm talking about Dodge, the software company that helps you block calls from pesky bill collectors. Yes, with Dodge downloaded on your phone, it identifies incoming calls from creditors, allowing you to dodge them. Very handy when you'd rather take that utility payment and use it to buy a new video game. If you haven't tried Dodge, download it today. It's almost as fun as telling the bill collector you already have bad credit. Now, we're talking about undergarments, underwear. Most people wear underwear unless they're going commando, but where did it all start? The loincloth is the simplest form of underwear and was probably the first undergarment worn by human beings. In warmer climates, the loincloth was often the only clothing worn, but in colder regions, the loincloth often formed the basis of a person's clothing and was covered by other garments. In most ancient civilizations, this was the only undergarment available. Men are said to have worn loincloths in ancient Greece and Rome, though it's unclear whether Greek women wore undergarments. There is some speculation that only slaves wore loincloths and that citizens did not wear undergarments beneath their robes. Well, by the early 20th century, the mass-produced undergarment industry was booming and competition forced producers to come up with all sorts of innovative and gimmicky designs to compete. The Haynes Company in North Carolina emerged from this boom and quickly established itself as a top manufacturer. In 1925, Jacob Gollum, founder of Everlast, designed elastic waist trunks to replace the leather-belted trunks then worn by boxers. These trunks, now known as boxer shorts, were unleashed on the world and featured an elastic waistband inspired by the shorts worn by boxers. Just 10 years later, briefs, jockey shorts, tidy whities entered the ring, offering a different vision of masculinity both sleeker and more self-conscious. Since then, all manner of hybrids and contenders have emerged, from G-strings and banana slings to boxer briefs and tidy non-whities. On January 19, 1935, Coopers sold the world's first briefs in Chicago. Designed by an apparel engineer named Arthur Niebler, briefs dispensed with leg sections and had a Y-shaped overlapping fly. The company dubbed the design the Jockey since it offered a degree of support that had previously only been available from the jockstrap. Jockey briefs proved so popular that over 30,000 pairs were sold within three months of their introduction. Cooper soon renamed the company Jockey. Briefs are a type of short, snug underwear that, as opposed to boxers, where material extends down the thighs, briefs hold the wearer's genitals in a relatively fixed position, which makes briefs a popular underwear choice for men who are participating in athletic activities or who feel the need for more support than loose-fitting underwear can provide. In the 1960s, fashion underwear was introduced in the U.S. and, after a period of decline, became more prominent in the 70s as the belief that wearing fashionable underwear was feminine declined. By the 1980s, Fashion briefs became more popular in the United States, and by 1985 they had made up 25% of the men's underwear market while they had almost no share before 1980. 
In the 1980s, manufacturers began experimenting with new colors and fabrics. The famous question, boxers or briefs, came into popular culture as a man's choice became a fashion statement. Now let's change gears and look at another type of undergarment. Diapers, nappies, terries, training pants, whatever you want to call them. Depending on where you live, all of these terms refer to a type of underwear or garment that allows the wearer to urinate or defecate without the use of a toilet. As the population ages, they move from boxers and briefs to depends. Kimberly Clark had been making Huggies disposable diapers for infants since 1978, but in 1984, the Depend products for adults were introduced, pioneering the retail incontinence category in the United States. Depends are absorbent, disposable underwear and undergarments for people with urinary or fecal incontinence. As the dominant brand of disposable incontinence garments in the United States, they have a 49% market share. In 1998, Depend added pull-up adult disposable underwear to their offerings. Initially, this was cloth-like and had absorbency down in the middle and was not recommended for nighttime use. They had two sizes, medium and large. Also in 98, a three-dimensional pull-on underwear was introduced and these completely replaced adult diaper-style briefs that had tape-tab closures. They offered consumers a product which fit and looked much more like regular underwear. In 2000, the pen briefs went through a huge change. They began to be made in white with a very slight green tint. They were still made in regular and nighttime absorbencies. The product was originally unisex in style, but in March 2009, the pen introduced gender-specific adult underwear in the U.S. and Canada. Depend underwear for men and depend underwear for women replaced the existing unisex adult underwear on store shelves nationwide. In 2012, the company introduced very slender brief style products, silhouette for women and real fit for men, aimed at the baby boomer market. In 2010, Pampered Poultry began selling chicken diapers. I kid you not, folks. Pampered Poultry sells chicken diapers for $18 a pair so you can bring your chickens inside with you. So the choice is yours, even for your chickens. Boxers, briefs, or depends. Now, Larry, what do we got in our mailbag today? Carlos from Mexico City emailed to say, Have you seen the red-bellied gray squirrels we have here in Mexico? They make delicious squirrel tacos and burritos. Hola, mis amigos in Mexico. Carlos, so glad you have been listening to the podcast. Squirrel tacos sound great. I once sampled goat tacos and they were pretty good. Sounds like a nice way to reduce the rodent population there. Next, Joanne in Who Cares, Idaho wrote to ask, or actually I guess wrote to thank us. I'm a budding ventriloquist. I have a dummy named Wolfgang that I have bound with duct tape. Our whole routine involves him being so rude to me that I have to keep him taped up except to occasionally let him speak. I got the inspiration from your podcast on ventriloquism and duct tape. Thanks. Joanne, I'm glad we could be a catalyst for such wonderful artistic endeavors. Thanks for listening. Lastly, Freddie in Belmar, New Jersey, emailed to say, I listened to the podcast on checks and stripes, and I still don't think you should wear them together. It's just heresy. 
Freddie, the key to making it work is avoiding patterns that have the same size print. In other words, make sure the checks are smaller than the width of your stripes or vice versa. Also, don't try to match the colors up too closely. It'll just look weird. Well, that's all we have time for today, folks. Tell one person to subscribe to the podcast. You'll feel better about yourself for doing it.